Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle, and I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as on Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. I'm 43-year-old, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is getting close to three, and Nathan, who is one-year-old. Today, we are talking about baby wearing and language development. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather Fox. I am the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and I have two little ones. My son Hudson is two and a half years old and Madeline is four months. Hi, I'm Chelsea Chichak. I am 32 years old and I'm a mom of two. I have one who is five and one who is two. Well, thank you, Chelsea and Heather, for being here today. So today we're talking about such a great and interesting subject. So what does baby wearing have to do with language development? Well, I got into learning about um, how baby wearing could affect language development when I started wearing my first. And I started to realize how the kind of the proxemics, how close you are to your baby could kind of really lend um, a hand in teaching a lot of those early developmental skills. So I kind of started studying a little bit and looking into some of the information that was around baby wearing and language development and realized that there was none. So I started doing my own research into what I thought um, would be kind of the important aspects of language development that would be impacted through baby wearing. So I started looking into kind of what I call the precursors of language. That's your joint attention, um, which is kind of your child's ability to look at you and look at, um, you know, each other and be able to have that kind of back and forth uh, interaction. And then joint reference, which is looking at an object, looking at you and trying to get your attention to go over to that object. So those were the first two things that I started looking at and realizing that kind of having that closeness and that you could talk to a lot about your, um, I guess your facial movements, the different sounds that you're making, your child is right up at face-to-face level with you. So that really helps you to be able to show your child what you're looking at and be able to see what your child is looking at. So that was kind of the different areas in that that I started um, noticing could really be helped um, through baby wearing. And that's not to say wearing, um, not wearing your child or having your child in a stroller is going to negatively impact their language. I just liked being able to see how that closeness and that proximity could really help to strengthen some of those foundational skills. So how can I use baby wearing to help support my child's speech and language skills? Being able to have them look at your face and be able to play certain sounds. And I think part of it comes down to our busy lives, especially when we have more than one child or we have children who are in different activities and stuff. And you're always on the go and we're working and we're 
you know, playing and we're out and about, we don't always have that ability to be on the floor doing that tummy time face-to-face type of play that, you know, is always recommended. And I remember that, especially with my second saying like, there's no way I'm going to be able to have all of this time on the floor. Like I did with my first when it was like, Oh, we can just stay here all day. And it was like, no, I have to get to preschool. I have to get to the grocery store. I have to do all of these things. So then I started using all of those skills while wearing my baby was close to me. They could see my face. They could see what sounds I was making. I could make silly faces. I could make exaggerated motions. I could point to things and they could see exactly what I'm looking at and they could look towards things and I could comment on them because I'm right at their level and able to see what they're looking at. Does it matter what carrier I use? No, absolutely not. Um, it's the carrier that you should use is the one that fits you correctly. So I always tell um, parents in that too, to make sure that you're wearing a carrier that is fitted for you correctly, that is safe to use. And there are lots of different resources in different areas in that too, that you can look into. There's certifying baby wearing educators all across Canada and the U.S. that have specialized training that can help you fit your carrier to fit you and your partner um, and that properly. My favorite carrier was the Lily Baby. And I could never manage or understand the Moby Wrap. And I had bought the one with the two ring on the shoulder and it never really worked for me. I probably would need a little uh, help with that. I'm guessing that would be a good way to go, right? I know support is offered with the UP conference Then I know, Chelsea, you were quite involved with, right? Yeah, we had um, in Vancouver this past uh, September, we had a baby wearing conference too that went through a lot of the different aspects. And a friend of mine um, from Arizona State University, we talked about baby wearing and its impact on attachment and um, baby wearing development and that. Um, Dr. Leela Rankin-Williams, she's doing some amazing work on it. Arizona State University talking about how baby wearing can foster that attachment and can also Um, what we are thinking uh, impact a baby's language development in that too, especially in high-risk populations. And that, um, that conference and that really lend to having people be able to come together in that community aspect and be able to try different carriers and get help and get that support for ones that they're stuck with. Mm-hmm. Heather, which one did you like? Um, for me, we had um, like I had the Moby Wrap, and I used that with Hudson when he was really little. Um, but then I had a Tula, and I fell in love, and I have about five now. <laughs> so, um, and I just recently got a new Tula. It's called the Free to Grow. So this is the one that I don't need to use a baby or so the infant insert with it because Hudson hated the infant insert. So we just wanted to make sure that we could use um, this carrier right from the beginning. The Moby is. You know, it worked for us, but it definitely is a lot more complicated. It took longer. So I loved the ease of the Tula. It was comfortable for me. It was comfortable for Hudson. Um, so I'm hoping, like, and I still wear Hudson. Well, not not so much as he got a little bit older, but definitely up until a good 18 months to two years in there, I was still wearing him. Um, but yeah, definitely the that nice soft carrier was fantastic. And I even got my husband wearing it a few times. Yay! <laughs> Yay! A few times. And what about toddler wearing? 
Oh, toddler brain, like you were saying, I mean, I have my youngest is over two, nearing up to three, and I will still wear her. Um, and that it just depends on the carrier again. So like when I started with, I started with Tula's and that as well, and then slowly started to move into woven wraps just because of the versatility and because I could wear her on my back. So part of that with language development in that too, is that as they get older and they're wanting to see more of the world around them in that, being able to wear a child safely on your back can lend to a lot of different opportunities in that for language in that too, because you can walk around and view the world from the same perspective all the time. They're able to see right at your level um, and that in what you're looking at too. So for wearing little ones on their back, we I didn't wear heads on my back very much simply because he would pull my hair. So <laughs> do you have any tips for little ones? Like he would be fine for a little while, but as soon as he was going to lose it, I was going to go bald. So <laughs> I love it. So, so that's, that's funny. That comes up quite a bit in different groups and that, that I'm a part of. And, and the biggest one too, is I've had moms that have shaved the back of their head kind I'm of from the middle down. And so that then when their hair is down, you can't see it, but then when there's up, but I mean, that's pretty drastic. You don't have to go that far, but there are, um, you can wear light hoodies. So you put the hoodie on underneath and then you wear the hoodie up when the child is on your back so that they can't pull. But really part of it for me was just the repetition. So it would be, you know, all day long, you know, don't pull my hair, don't pull my hair and just wearing my hair up as much as I could. But of course, they're still always going to get those little tiny hairs right at the back of your neck um, and that, but it does get a lot easier as they get um, older in that too. It doesn't become as much of a fun game. I think with back carrying in that too, it's important again to get um, somebody who is able to help you and to help learn the correct and safe way to get a baby on your back, depending on the carrier that you're using. There's different strategies. And really when you're getting a few of those tips and that, it's not as daunting as people think. There can be a few um, tricks and tips and little ideas in that, that will really help to make kind of that scoot to the back or the different ways to get the baby onto your back, um, a lot easier. So, um, talking to baby wearing groups in your area, you can always search on Facebook in that to your particular area and baby wearing. And a lot of the times there'll be baby wearing groups and they host meetups in that too. Um, in Vancouver here, it's baby wearing from the Valley to Vancouver and they have, you know, 5,000 members in their group and they host meetups, they have a lending library and they have certified educators that are there and able to help you, um, learn how to wear your baby. So I guess when we go to an event like this, we get to try different carrier with our children and see what, yes, what at those us. different events too. Like at UP, we had certifying um, baby wearing educators there all day long. We had a table full of different carriers and that too. So you could come and say, I've always wanted to try this. How do I do it? How does it work? And they would spend as much time as you needed in order to get you feeling comfortable and safe um, and that too. But part of it is just that muscle memory. It takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of practice and that to where you can become, I guess, more comfortable and fast enough to be able to do it without thinking about it, especially when you get a child on you and that child might be upset and then you're getting flustered and that too, that, that practice and those tips and that can be really important. Do you have any tips if we want to start wearing your children? 
but they're frustrated, they're not comfortable. Do we have to persevere or is it maybe the fit is not good? Where do we start? I would definitely start at the fit first because sometimes a baby might be upset just because they aren't comfortable in the carrier or if they sense that you aren't comfortable in the carrier too because babies can pick up on our emotions and that a lot too, which is another reason why I love baby wearing in that for that social um, emotional development in that too is that if, if the baby isn't comfortable and you're not comfortable, then nobody is going to be happy. So spending that time to really find a carrier that's going to be a fit for you, because if a carrier that fits for you is probably not going to fit your partner. So that may mean that you need more than one carrier um, and that per family, if you're both wanting to wear and that too. So it really spends you mean you have to spend that time finding something that fits for you going into a store or using like a lending library that you're going to be able to try a variety and test them out for a certain amount of time too and see what works for you. I think that's a good idea because I mean, oh, Heather, you yeah, spent a little bit of money on baby carrier <laughs> and uh, I had, I have too. So yeah, that's a great way to do it. And actually I was quite impressed. Local stores were really good about that. Cause when we were doing like our baby registry and stuff, I was, you know, tra- starting to look at carriers. They're like, well, you know, really we suggest you actually wait till you have baby and you come in. And like for an actual, you know, physical store to be saying things like that, I was pretty impressed. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty good that they're also acknowledging that, you know, not every carrier is meant for every person and every baby and that kind of combination. So, and also size too. Yeah. Like if depending on what size and that that your baby is too. Like especially for a wrap like the Moby, um, you're getting to about that 15 pound range, and and that stretchy type of material is not as supportive as it could be. So especially if um, your baby and that is bigger or on the larger size when they are born, that's not going to last for very long in that too. But if you have small ones like mine, were like barely six pounds, so then you're going to have ones that last for a lot longer in that too. So that's also an important consideration. Well, this is beautiful information. We can find Chelsea on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Chelsea, where else can we find you? I'm also on Facebook at Mainland Speech. Um, you can search me at Mainland Speech Language Pathology, or you can find me online at www.mainlandspeech.com. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation car. Can you please pick one and read it to us, please? <laughs> All right. So today's question... What's a good loser? And are you one? (laughs) I think good loser would have to be somebody who is willing to lose gracefully. Um, Somebody who's willing to admit defeat and realize that there is somebody who is better than them at something. And are you one? No, I am not. I am not a good um, loser at all. And I never have been because I really strive to be the best at everything I possibly can. So I'm a really terrible loser. I'm something I'm working on. For me, yeah. So I, I agree with the definition of what that good loser is. Um, I also think for me, it depends. Like, I'm a good loser when it comes to games and sports because I'm not a super competitive person. However, when it comes to an argument, <laughs> then I want to be right. <laughs> so it depends where... Well, like, you will defend your point. I will defend my I point. Like yeah. I just... But if I lose a monopoly, it's not the end of my world. <laughs> so depends. Depends. So a good loser for me, it's almost impossible 
to even consider. <laughs> I just, I'm a horrible loser all around <laughs> at anything. <laughs> even when I think, when even with a conversation with myself, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a horrible loser. So <laughs> forget it. <laughs> all right. Well, that concludes today's episode. Um, I want to thank you, Chelsea and Heather, for taking the time to be here and for your contribution in other parents' lives, helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean, or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. Please take a minute to review us. We want to know what you think. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.